The next unit in Kohelet is 20 Pesukim long. It, it starts with Perek uh, Pasuk Yudbet, and it ends at the halfway point of the Sefer, at the end of Perek uh, Vav. In fact, the end of Perek Vav is the only time where uh, the Sefer has an official uh, end of the parasha. In other words, in a formal Megillah that is written on Klaf, there's only one stoppage in the entire Sefer of Kohelet, and that stoppage is at the end of Perek Vav, which uh, we will be getting to uh, at the end of today. Upon initial examination, this unit actually seems a little bit strange. It's made up of uh, three portions. The first portion is the second half of Perek uh, He, and it goes from Pasuk Yud Bet through Pasuk Yud Tet, so that's eight Pasukim. And in it, Kohelet discusses a uh, specific situation, a specific observation that he makes about uh, a very particular circumstance. In Perek Vav Pasukim Aleph, through Pasuk Tet, he discusses what seems to be just a repetition of the same exact situation he discussed in the first part of the unit at the end of, uh, of Pedeke, and we'll, we'll see that. And what we will do as we go along is point out the slight differences in the two different scenarios. But upon first examination, the unit seems a little bit strange because it seems like Kohelet is just repeating a very specific observation about a very uh, narrow situation in life, and it's a, a strange thing to end the first half of his Megillah upon some a, a, a note like this that doesn't seem to have, a, a, upon initial glance, it doesn't seem to have any wider implications. But we will talk about the, the, the potential wider implications of this unit in light of the Midrash, and then we'll discuss the last four Pesukim, uh, the last, the final section of the first half of Kohelet. There is a blighting evil, a sickening evil that I have seen under the sun. Wealth that is kept for its owner. Lera'ato can mean two things here. It can mean uh, for his harm. Wealth that is kept for the owner for his own harm. Or lera'ato until his harm, until something evil befalls him. And based on the next pasuk, uh, the explanation of lera'ato is the latter. There is wealth that is kept for a person until something bad befalls him. Pasuk yud gimel. Ve'avad ha'osher ha'hu And that wealth is lost in a uh, bad matter, in a bad business. Maybe his merchandise sunk in a ship. Maybe the uh, stock market crashed. Whatever happened, something happened, and this man lost all his wealth. Veholid ben, and he gave birth to a child. Veen beyadome uma, and he does not have anything in his hands. Uh, the implication here, he has nothing to give to his child. Pasuk yudalet kasher yasami beten imo, as he left the womb of his mother, Arom yashub lalechet kesheba. Naked will he return to go as he came. And nothing will he bear from the toil that he brings in his hand. Kohelet continuing here his reflection on this wealthy man who lost everything, just like he came into the world naked with nothing, he will leave the world naked with nothing, not carrying any of the toil uh, that he had in his hands. This too is a sickening evil, as he came, so he goes, and what gain does he have that he should toil for the wind? 
All the work that he did was for nothing. All the wealth that he amassed is all lost. He ends up exactly as he started with nothing. Not only does he die with nothing, but during his life, when he's living, all his days, all his days, and over here Kohelet is referring to his days when he had the wealth, when he still had the money, all his days, he eats in darkness. The Ibn Ezra over here explains that in darkness he eats means that because he was so busy during the entire during all his days uh, gathering uh, gathering assets and working hard so he can make money so he can amass wealth during all his days he was working so hard that he only gets back home late at night and that's when he eats that's one way of of looking at another way of looking at it is that Kohelet is basically uh, giving you the image of this miserly uh, wealthy man maybe a, a scrooge so to speak who eats in the darkness, meaning without anybody else. There's no light. He, he's stingy with his wealth because he doesn't want anybody else to enjoy from his wealth. And so he eats in darkness without anybody else. And lots of heartache. And sickness and anger. All this amassing wealth is not easy. There's a lot of heartache that comes with it and, and getting stressed and angry. Uh, and so Kohelet paints this picture of this rich man who even during the time where he was enjoying the fruits of his wealth, he wasn't really all that happy, and it's not such a great life. And then he lost it anyway, and then he died. As a result, Kohelet says, and we're in Pasuk Yudzayin, Hine asher ani tob asher le'echol velishtot velirot toba bechol amalo amol tahat hashemesh mispar hayav asher lo ha'elohim ki hu helko. Immediately, you should recognize the sort of code that we've highlighted in the past of Kohelet saying, "Ra'iti ani tov asher This is throughout the book, the conclusion that Kohelet keeps coming to when he's skeptical about the value of anything else. And what Kohelet says over here is, "I see that the that the only good, the only thing that's pleasure pleasurable, is to eat." and drink, and to see good things in all the toil that a person toils under the sun, all the days of his life that God gives him, because this is his portion. In brief, what Kohelet is saying is what he said before, enjoy the days of your life that you have while you have them. Pasuk gam kol ha'adam Any person that God did indeed endow with uh, wealth and the goods and empowered him to enjoy from these wealth and goods and to bear his share of this wealth and to uh, take pleasure in his in his toil this is a gift from God if you are a person who has not been able to amass wealth no problem. Enjoy what you have while you have it. Enjoy the fruits of your toil while you still can. And if you are one of those lucky few that God did endow with wealth and goods, then enjoy it while you can, because you may not always have it, as Kohelet says in the story that he uh, that he just completed. And if you do have it, just remember this is a gift from God, and He can take it away at any time. Pasuk yutet ki lo harbe yizkoret yeme hayav ki ha Elohim maane pesimhat libo. 
And over here, he's referring to uh, both the wealthy man and the person he discussed uh, who is not so wealthy, but primarily to the person in the story who he's discussing, the, the wealthy person who lost it all. Enjoy the wealth while you can, because by the end of one's life, not much will he recall the days of his life. By the end, there's not, there's the, the memories that he makes are faint. Because God makes him busy with his heart's delight. In other words, it's God at the end of the day that allows a person to enjoy the little or big things that he has in their moment and not to constantly focus on the future, not to constantly think about what's going to come, but to enjoy what the person has right now. That ability to enjoy the here and now is itself from Elohim, from God. The message of Kohelet's reflection so far seems pretty simple. He's seen uh, very wealthy, rich people who've lost it all in a moment, and uh, even when they had this wealth, they basically lived these miserly, uh, miserable, uh, uh, secluded lives. And so his message from that is, enjoy what you have while you can. If you are one of the chosen few that God gave enormous amounts of wealth to, enjoy that wealth while you can. It's a gift from God. You may keep it, you may not keep it, but you're not going to remember much of it anyway. And even that ability to enjoy it while you can is itself from God. Just keep that in mind. So that's what we have so far in this unit. Now, Kohelet and Perik Vav Pasuk Aleph is going to seemingly uh, repeat this story of the wealthy man that lost it all, but we're going to focus on some of the differences uh, in the two stories. And uh, Pasuk Aleph starts, Yesh ra'a asher ra'iti tahat hashamesh. There is an evil that I've seen under the sun. Verabahi al ha'adam. It is a great evil that is on uh, humanity, on, on, uh, on humankind. And already he's telling you, I see an evil that's even worse than the sickening evil that I just finished telling you about. Pasuk bet, Ish asher yitenlo ha'elohim. A person whom God gives wealth and goods and honor, and he is not missing anything from that which he desires. On its face, this seems to be a similar wealthy man to who Kohelet talked about in Pasuk Yudbet of the previous Pidik. Over there, though, it was just a person, a person who had wealth. Here, the difference is a person who is actually cognizant of the fact that God gave him his wealth. So he knows that God gave it to him. But, God does not empower him to enjoy from this wealth. A, uh, a strange person will eat it. This is mere breath and a sickening evil it is. We'll go through the story and then we'll see you know, what distinguishes this story from the previous one. Pasuk Gimel, Im yolid ish If this person gives birth to a hundred children and he lives for many, many years. And many will be his years. So this man lived a very long life, but he did not get to enjoy from the tova, from the good that God gave him. 
and he did not merit a respectful burial. Uh, the Ibn Isa explains, meaning that he did not even have enough money to afford the takhrikhin, the cloth and garb that covers a dead body when he died. And so Kohelet says about this person, Tov mimenu hanafer, the stillborn is better than this person. Pasuk dalet, ki bahebel ba, u bahoshech yelech, u bahoshech shemo yechuseh. For in mere breath he came, and in darkness he will go. It reminds you very much, or it's supposed to remind you, uh, in, in a parallel way to the previous story, the previous uh, rich man at the beginning of this unit uh, came in naked and left naked. This man le- comes in and leaves very similarly. He comes in mere breath, in this sort of ephemeral quality, and he leaves in the darkness. And in darkness his name is covered. Nobody even remembers him. In his life, while he had this wealth, he was not able to see the sun. And he didn't know of the sun. Again, very similar to the previous story of the rich man, Ki kol yamav yochel. Here too, Gam shemesh lo Nahat it is, or more exactly, there is more nahat, more ease for the nafil, for the stillborn, than uh, for this uh, this wealthy man who lost it all. Pasuk vav ve'ilu haya elef shanim pa'amayim. Even if he lived a thousand years twice, in other words, even if he lived two thousand years, he was not able to see pleasure, to see good, the good of the wealth that he amassed. Behold, everything goes to one place. Of course, the place here that he's talking about is obviously uh, death. In other words, what Kohelet wants to say is, uh, his long life was uh, not really didn't really have all that much value. He didn't get to enjoy uh, what he amassed, and he ended up dying like anybody else. Pasuk zayin kol amal haadam nefihu. All the toil of a man. He's still talking about this uh, wealthy person who lost all his wealth. All his toil was lefihu was for his own mouth. But even with that. Even with all the toil and the wealth that he was able to, to amass, and the soul was not able to be satiated, was not able to be satisfied. Uh, maybe because in the end he lost it all, maybe because Kohelet is discussing even during his uh, days of wealth, he was not able to uh, be happy with all the wealth that he amassed and he always wanted more. Either way, what is the advantage of the hacham from the kesil? They will both end up in the same place. Uh, what advantage is there to a knowledgeable poor man who knows how to deal uh, with, uh, with life's problems? I think what Kohelet is saying over here, to take the entire pasuk, is if there's no advantage to the wise man over the fool, what is the point for the poor man uh, to learn how to get along with people, to learn how to deal with life's problems? It's not going to help him anyway. I think the reason Kohelet says that uh, none of this matters over here is because what this uh, particular second half of the of the section is ta- it started with, with, where Kohelet said, that everything comes down to what God gives you, and there is therefore no advantage uh, to the wise man over the fool or for a poor man to learn how to deal with life's problems 
None of this matters because at the end of the day, realize that it is God uh, who endows a person with whatever wealth he has. And of course, even then, he can lose it. Pasuk tet, tob and here he concludes in a similar way to his conclusion of the uh, first version of the story. Enjoy what you have now. Tov the, the things that a person sees right now, that is what's good. From the aspirations that his soul has. Those aspirations are mere breath and hurting the wind. What I want to do is stop here for a second and answer two questions. And the first is, why does Kohelet repeat this apocryphal story of the rich man who lost it all and ends up dying? Uh, a, a death that I guess can only be described as sad and who's lived a life uh, that's basically amounted to nothing. And so the first question is, is, is why, uh, why does Kohelet repeat the story? I mean, they basically seem like the same story. He goes through all the Pesukim to basically repeat the story. And the second question is, why does Kohelet kind of end the first half of the book on this note? Is there any sort of larger lesson that perhaps one can extrapolate from thinking about these, uh, these parallel stories a little bit more deeply? In order to explain the repetition, I think uh, I, I just want to emphasize a little bit what I touched on earlier, which was, the end of the first story is basically uh, Kohelet telling the listener the following lesson, which is, everything is matat Elohim, everything is a gift from God, so enjoy everything that you have while you have it. Uh, and if you look at the language that he uses over there, God gives the person, the, the he empowers a person to eat from uh, his his fortune right now, and that is his portion, to enjoy his fortune right now, and God gives him that ability. The second story, the, the repetition of the first story, the second story, though, is a reaction to Kohelet's conclusion of the first part. And if his conclusion in the first part was to enjoy what you have right now in the here and now, his reaction to that is, I've seen Ra'a an even bigger evil than the first evil that I discussed. And that is that even my conclusion of the first story, that a person should enjoy everything that he has while he has it in the here and now, even that cannot be taken for granted. Because even a person who goes through life understanding that God gives him what he wanted. He knows that God gives him exactly uh, all these things right now and that he should enjoy them right now. But what is the great evil that Kohelet sees in this repetition of the story? That whereas in the first story, in the second story, in this story, what Kohelet is telling you is that even my conclusion to the first uh, story is not to be taken for granted. Yes, you should enjoy what you have in the here and now, but even that I'm not guaranteeing you is even possible. Because at any point in time, God can take that away from you. And that is why the second story is a da'araba. Because even if you take to heart the lesson of Kohelet, you're still not guaranteed uh, to in, to enjoy your life or to see any uh, even any 
temporary value in enjoying your life in the present moment. As to the larger significance of these uh, these parallel stories, the Midrash seems to view them in the following way, and I, I won't bring the entire uh, story in the Midrash uh, for lack of time over here, but the Midrash seems to understand that Pasuk Yud Dalid in uh, this, these two stories, Pasuk Yud Dalid of Perekhe, is in fact the sort of punchline of the entire story. And the Pasuk Yud Dalid says as follows, Ka'asher yasa mi imo, arom yashub kesheva. Just as he left his mother's womb naked, so he will return uh, the same way that he came, in other words, naked. This person comes into the world with nothing, amasses great wealth, and yet loses it all and leaves just as he came with nothing. And what the Midrash seems to be saying about this pasuk through uh, the lens of a uh, a sort of uh, fable is that Kohelet is not just talking about the wealthy man over here. He's talking about every man. He's talking about every single person, man and woman, that comes into this world. Every person comes into this world with nothing, amasses something, whether that's physical wealth, whether that's great knowledge, uh, whatever accomplishments the person has, the person amasses them in this world, and yet every single person will have some sort of Osher Shamur Liba'alav Lira'ato. Will have whatever he amassed taken away. It will all be lost. Whether that's at death or whether that's before death is irrelevant to the Midrash. It's irrelevant really to Kohelet's larger message. Every single person will lose everything that they've amassed and they will lose it best case uh, at the time of death. And the reason Kohelet ends the first half of the Megillah with uh, these parallel stories is the lesson that you should be taking is that not that Kohelet is talking about some random wealthy person who lost all his wealth in the middle of his life and didn't get to enjoy his life, is that Kohelet is in fact talking about you. And he's talking about uh, any of the listeners in his audience. And every listener is meant to look at themselves and say, I too have accomplished such and such, or I too have achieved such and such, or I have amassed uh, such and such. And what Kohelet's message is, enjoy that right now while you have it, and don't keep looking forward to amassing new things and accomplishing new things. You you may do that, but make sure to enjoy what you have now, because at the end of the day, you can't take it with you. And when you look at it that way, Kohelet's two parallel stories here are not some sort of narrow story about a, uh, a wealthy man. They are much more characteristic of Kohelet's skepticism about the value of life as a whole, and uh, therefore, it's, it's quite fitting, in fact, that the first half of the Megillah ends with these, uh, these parallel stories. And now, the final three pesukim of the first half of the Megillah, Kohelet concludes, What's already happened has been called a name. In other words, it's been understood. And it's also understood that man, who is part of what's already happened, is man, and, and therefore is ephemeral, and he cannot uh, he cannot literally uh, take to court or sue, but basically he cannot deal with the being that is more awesome and powerful than he is. And of course, uh, we're talking about God. Pasuk Yud Aleph, Ki yesh devarim harbe marbim havel, ma yoter la adam. 
For there are many words that can be spoken, or perhaps he's talking about that things can be done, and all they do is increase havel. They just increase mere breath. Mayotel la'adam. What is the advantage for man to speak all these words or to do all these things? Pasuk yudbet, ki mi yodeya ma tov la'adam b'chayim, mispar yeme chayye hevlo ve'yasem kasel. In Pasuk Yud, Kohelet addressed the past. We know what, what's happened in the past. Pasuk Yud Bet, he's talking about the present. Now, who knows what is good for man in his life right now? The, the, the number of the days of his ephemeral life. Who knows what he should do so that he should do it? And over here, Kohelet is referring to this ephemeral life as tzel, as shade, and this is an, an analogy that we see throughout Tanakh of life as shade, and it's very much in the spirit of Kohelet to view life that way. In other words, just like shade cannot, is not solid, cannot be touched, it goes away when the sun moves, here too Kohelet is saying the same thing about life. The days of a man's life are limited, uh, they're temporary, they will not last all that long, and as such, who knows what to tell a person to do during the ephemeral days of his life. As well, who can tell man, and here he's talking about the future, who can tell man what will be after him, or what will become of him under the sun uh, in the future. And what Kohelet does in these last three Pesukim is basically end with a big question mark. Uh, the question mark being, what value is there to life? We already know what's happened in the past. Uh, we're not really sure if we can explain it. It may be good, it may be bad, but if it's bad, there's no way to uh, challenge the, the deity who's in charge of uh, the happenings. And as for the present and the future, Kohelet says, we don't know what a man should do uh, in his life today so that his life can have some sort of eternal value. And certainly for the future, we don't know what will happen. And so Kohelet ends the first half of the Megillah with the big question mark as to whether there is any lasting value to life. We've seen a little bit of hints uh, of his hinting so far as to uh, the answer to the question, which is that the only real answer is to enjoy the here and now, and perhaps in the second half of the Megillah, we will get a little bit more clarity on uh, on what Kohelet thinks of that particular solution.